Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman. Really excited for today's episode with Joe Delagrave, uh, Paralympic athlete for Team USA, uh, wheelchair rugby, as well as a keynote speaker. And uh, Joe, you know, we we, we connected on LinkedIn and, and uh, I absolutely love to just connect with new people. Um, it's fascinating to, you know, either hear someone's story, someone's path, um, whatever it might be, you know, their experiences and and I really enjoyed hearing yours. So would love, you know, our listenership to understand, um, you know, your story and some of the lessons you take from it. Uh, we'll dive into finding opportunities within obstacles uh, and then kind of what sports uh, can do from a community standpoint um, and ultimately the lessons we learn from them. So, Joe, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, Jake, thank you so much for having me. It was uh pleasure to, to connect on LinkedIn and get to know you over a phone call and excited to be on the podcast. Yeah. So, you know, from a, a rugby perspective, um, Paralympics, uh, I mean, tell us a little bit about kind of just what you've done over the years uh, and what you're hoping to do in Tokyo 2021. Yeah. Well, the story starts back, um, back when I was in high school and, and, and playing sports and my goal was to, to be a college athlete and, Ended up getting a scholarship to go and play Division II football for the Winona State Warriors in, in Minnesota. And um, in between my freshman and sophomore years of college, um, had an accident that kind of set me on this course for, for being a Paralympian and going to the Paralympics. And, um, and, and I ended up breaking my neck, uh, which was just a, a crazy, just um, random accident where I was just sitting on a boat. My buddy accidentally hit the bottom of the river and I flew backwards and hit my head and broke my neck. So kind of a crazy deal. Um, but after and, and going through, you know, some stuff for, for a year or two, realized I still wanted to play a sport and ended up finding wheelchair rugby and found um, um, a local club in the cities and in, in the twin cities in Minneapolis, Minnesota and, and, and started playing and, and, and got better at it and ended up getting on the national team. And, um, and obviously, you know, very short, story in the whole realm of things, but just found a sport that I fell in love with from a cerebral standpoint and from a physical standpoint and really helped me along with some of the things that had happened uh, since I had broken my neck. And you know, you reflect back on kind of your journey, right. Of, of finding, you know, wheelchair rugby and, and kind of what it's done for you. Um, you know, for all of us in the sports industry who, you know, are trying to create experiences that are, you know, memories, uh, or that help people through, through difficult times. What's kind of one of the, one of the two things that, um, you've really learned from that journey and then ultimately being able to be a part of a team and wear USA across your shirt. Yeah. So the, the first part of that, I think sports can really connect people like just from a, uh, you know, and, uh, when you're looking at it as a business, I mean, it's, it's sports, truly connects people and that's kind of how you get like the fandom of everything whether that's a professional sport or paralympic sport or olympic sport um it really brings people together and i'm I'm really interested to see what what sport does after this pandemic and how that will bring people together as well and um what 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 that looks like from an entertainment standpoint and entertainment business but um, I think at the true sense of it sports brings people together and um uh, which rugby is no different and so um, it just happened a little differently because it's such a unique situation where I'm in a, in a, a locker room again with people that have gone through some of the things that I've gone through in life and to be able to kind of 
um, it was almost like a support group for people that don't like support groups in a way. Like you get to go and play <laughs> rugby and smash into each other and have fun. And then, um, and then uh, still be able to talk about some things that maybe you wouldn't talk about outside of that um, environment. And so um, that was really unique to, to me, but I think it definitely transcends my sport. And, and it's really a, um, an overarching theme within, within sport in the world. Um, so I think that's something that I've definitely held on to. And, and you mentioned, uh, at the beginning of the episode, we were, we were talking about how we'll dive into finding opportunities within obstacles. I love, I love kind of that perspective and that mindset that you've got in that and, and just share a little wisdom of what's behind that and, and kind of, um, the message that you'd want to share. Yeah. It's kind of morphed out of this this thing that I kept on hearing from people like, man, you overcame so much or you're overcoming, um, you know, the obstacles. And, and, I, and as the more I grew and thought about it as an athlete and then um, as someone that uh, likes thought leadership and, and, and kind of instilling that within my keynotes is, is thinking about it. Like every single day I get this choice to get in this wheelchair and looking at this wheelchair that I roll around in now, it, it's, it's brought me opportunities. And so, not necessarily overcoming my obstacle because a lot of times in life we have circumstances that we don't have control over. Like right now we never had control of this whole pandemic thing that we're all staying home from and, 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 you know, slowly hopefully getting back into the, um, and into a new normal or back into, um, or looking forward into a new normal. And, and, um, and I think with, when I was thinking about that, it was this thought that, it's not that I'm overcoming my wheelchair, overcoming my disability. It's more of like, I have this new circumstance that I didn't have control over, but I do have control over how I respond to it. And so jumping in this wheelchair every day and saying, man, let's find opportunities. Let's, let's find experiences. And so like, that's what led me to the Paralympics and being able to just um, get in the chair and choose to be in the chair. And then from there, choose to play a sport. And then from there, choose to set goals and to get better as an athlete. And then from there, you know, goals on, uh, to be a Paralympian and, and wear USA across my chest and what an honor that is and being able to, to, to play at my, the highest level possible um, in the sport of wheelchair rugby. And, and, and I think that all morphs from that choice of finding the opportunity within the obstacle. Cause a lot of times the obstacle doesn't go away or the obstacle is something that we can't control, but we do get to control the response. No, that, that's a great point. And kind of what everyone's going through right now, right? There's, there is a lot of uncertainty and there isn't a lot of control, right? Like you can, you, you don't even know where the virus is, right? Like you, you can't see it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. um, it's not like you can control where it's going and, and to some extent. So, if you put yourself back in that, you know, that time where you were a freshman in college or student athlete, you're playing football and maybe some of the perspectives you had then that you probably obviously have changed uh, over time now, um, what would you go back and tell yourself uh, at 19, you know, on the football field? Yeah. I mean, gosh, thinking about that time and it's, you know, especially like pre-accident, um, a lot of my, you know, thought process was like, so focused on playing football and that's it. And like, you know, very narrow minded on that, you know, I need to be the best football player I can be. And, and that's all that matters. But, um, I think like that thinking and that narrow mindedness, um, I would go back and maybe say, Hey, maybe open your, open your eyes a little bit and see how you can use football to maybe help other people around you or like instead of the sport using you, you use the sport type of a situation where um, 
you use the sport as a tool, not let the sport use you as the tool. And so I think that there's that piece of it. And then, um, and then from like the, from the accident standpoint, when I'm 19 and I'm thinking about these things and, and, and obviously something tragic happens and I'm sitting in a chair and the doctor's telling me I'm not going to walk again. And, and I have all these questions thrown around my head and I think every 19 year old kid does at the time anyways, but, um, this probably heightened it a little bit for me, but the, you know, the thought of like, um, am I going to, you know, my, is my girlfriend at the time going to leave me or am I going to be able to have kids or maybe I'll find a job or am I going to be able to, uh, find a, you know, a, a career or a, or a desire that I have in life that I can like collide this passion and purpose together with and to be able to make a career, make something that, um, is it, bigger than myself and, and all these thoughts swirling around in my head, you know, and honestly, like I'd probably go back and tell myself, like the only choice you need to make is like, get out of bed today. And then the next choice you need to make is, Hey, figure out how to be as independent as possible. Like with, you know, cause right away I couldn't put a sock on, let alone like figure out, you know, uh, uh, going back to school or uh, things like that. And so I think, um, and I think that's what overwhelms people sometimes is they have like all these thoughts and they have all these goals and dreams and ambitions, which is great, but like, they don't level down the goal for the day. Like sometimes the day is just to like to get through it. Or sometimes the day is, is just to like make a choice that, man, I'm going to respond positively or I'm going to respond um, by just getting out of bed and, and, and like going to the gym for people that need to lose weight or like, I'm going to respond by, you know, um, picking one little thing and then growing that in the next day. And I think like those little goals help so much with the big, lofty goals of, of, you know, um, finding a career that has passion and purpose. Yeah, no, that that's, I mean, it's great because it applies to so many different things, right? So if you look at it from a career aspect, um, you know, you don't know what five, everyone always, I love the question, where do you want to be in five years? No one knows, right? I mean, if we all had crystal balls, we could tell you where we're going to be in five years, but, you know, more likely than not, your guess is probably going to be wrong. Um, unless you say, uh, I'm going to be right here and I'm going to be doing the same thing I've been doing, which it's possible. It's probably a lot easier to control that than, than the, than the rather, or than the, uh, the other circumstances. But, um, you know, when you talk about the obstacles and, and kind of shrinking those down too, right. Cause the obstacle or obstacles could be so large that it's hard to wrap your head around. How do I get around this obstacle? How do I get, you know, how do I overcome it? Um, so how do you drill down some of those obstacles, no matter what you're doing from a career standpoint to then, um, you know, get, get through them and, and ultimately, uh, get from one to the next. Yeah. I think I mean, the, the biggest thing for me is talking about what some of those dreams might be. And so like, there's obviously, you know, do you drill down the obstacles, but first it's like, what are the, what's the dream? And then what's the goal? And then who around you is going to support you through that? So I think it always takes like a, a, a team of, um, uh, of people around you or, or people that hold you accountable. And if you never talk about that dream or that goal or, or that obstacle that you want to get through, because a lot of times people don't talk about the obstacle, like it's there, but they don't want to talk about it. So like, Hey, you might, you know, for me, it's, it's having the courage to, right away. I didn't want to be seen in a wheelchair. Like I hated the term disability and I didn't want to see myself as disabled. And like that was a huge, like mental hurdle to get over mental obstacle to get over, like breakdown. 
Um, but as soon as I started telling people about my dreams and goals, that creates instant accountability, man, your goals out there, it's real, it's alive. And that's like the whole first part of it. And then the second part of it is like, then you have people that are, that you trust and, and, and believe in you that are going to keep you accountable um, to those, to those dreams and goals. So I think that's one way to kind of like conquer maybe the biggest hurdle, because most times people are going to want to step away from their goals after like, you know, the first couple of days, really, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, well, eh, this isn't good enough. Or maybe they haven't even told anyone about it yet. And they're like, well, this is stupid. And there's no way I can ever do this. And so, um, being able to actually talk to someone about it. Cause then when you do have that bad day, they're like, Hey man, what, what, what's going on here? And so like, for me, that was my girlfriend at the time who's my wife now for, uh, almost 13 years. And, you know, she's always been someone that is going to be hard on me in a good way. Right. Like it's just, is going to be there when I have a bad day. It's like, Hey, I, I thought this was the goal. I thought this was the dream. I thought, you know, where, where, how can I help you? How can I support you to kind of cross this bridge that you need to cross it? Or maybe, you know, like you said, maybe kind of chip away at this obstacle um, or downsize it a little bit. So it's not um, so relevant in your life. Mm-hmm. You talked about the mental obstacles and I, and that's a great point because not everyone's going to have a physical obstacle, right? Some people do, some people don't. You don't know when that one will come, if it does, right, to your point um, uh, with your story. So from a mental obstacle standpoint, um, how do you approach those? And what are some of the lessons you've learned from the mental obstacles as time's gone on and you've you know, maybe learned how to, to uh, overcome different ones a little bit differently? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, honestly, I think that's easily the bigger part of my story than being in a wheelchair. And, and someone's like, hey, Joe, like, yeah, be kidding me. You're, you roll around a wheelchair every day and like, that's gotta be tough. But like, yeah, I mean, you get used to being in a wheelchair. You get used to like, for me, I don't wake up in the morning and be like, Oh man, I got to jump in this wheelchair again. Like it's just part of my life. But I think with some of the mental obstacles that come along with being a, um, a man in a dis- with a disability, man, like that's, those are the things that you have to actually go through and grind out and be able to process, you know, like things like, I mean, simple things like depression, anxiety, um, you know, things that a lot of people are going through right now with, with the financial insecurity or, um, with, with the emotional, um, wreck of, you know, being in one spot when someone's used to traveling a lot or something like that. But, um, you know, for me, it's came through with, with, you know, getting over the, the, the mental side of being a man with a disability. And so like some of that stuff that comes along, what might be like inadequacy, you know, am I going to be adequate enough to be a husband? Am I going to be adequate enough to be a father? Um, and figuring some of those things out and realizing that I had some of those triggers and what that looked like. And so um, getting over those, it's easily the bigger game for me than than just a physical disability. And um, and I think that transcends into sports as well as an athlete and and going, how can I how can I grow my mental skills in order to um, get a higher performance on the court that some of that positive self-talk that, you know, imagery visualization. And so being able to utilize those in sport and also in everyday life has, has really helped me. Well, and you, you talk about the visualization piece and some of those skills. I mean, that, that absolutely has to come in handy from a keynote speaking perspective. Right. And, and ultimately what you've developed for yourself there. What have you learned from the speaking side of things that other people could learn from you, whether it's, you know, just 
relationship building, uh, conversation, you know, structure. I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into um, how you utilize, you know, your ability to speak uh, in front of different types of audiences, uh, et cetera, uh, no matter what kind of career you're in. What are some of those things that you've learned? Yeah, I think, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, for me, is that I like I, my my biggest asset to talking to with people is that I'm going to be vulnerable and honest and authentic. And in that is that I'm going to talk more about my failures than I probably will my successes, because I think we all learn from falling on our faces a lot more than we learn from mm-hmm. um, someone coming in and being like, hey, man, like, here's this kid in a wheelchair. And, you know, he went on the Paralympics and he's had an amazing life. Well, well, great. Good for him. Like, that's that's in my eyes, that's cheap inspiration. Like, Oh, well that's, that's great. And that's a feel good story. Or like that sucks that he's in a wheelchair and, but I'm not. So I'm going to feel a little bit better about myself type of thing. Or I can talk about my failures. I can talk about, you know, in the middle of my career, missing the Rio Paralympics um, and being an alternate and what that did for me as a captain and a leader and as um, a player. And then I morphed into being a better husband and father or talk through, um, talk through, Hey, like what, you know, those feelings of inadequacy and what that did for me as a dad and, and learning that my kids didn't, they don't, they don't need me to be six foot five. They need me to have love and they need me to, they need to show, uh, they need me to show them love. They need me to be there and be present in their lives. And that's more important than it is throwing a football a hundred yards or, or whatnot. And so I think, um, talking through some of my failures and talking through some of my struggles in an authentic way um, really, really helps more so than, than, you know, saying, Hey, I'm a 12 time national team athlete type of thing. Sure. Well, and, and it's also relating to different people on, on a variety of levels, right. And, and being able to um, try and resonate with different individuals. That's got to be an, a, you know, an interesting challenge in itself, right? You're, you know, to your point, you're not going to hit home for everyone, right? Um, right. Some more than others. How, how do you take that challenge? And, and what are some of the things that, you know, you think about, right? Like if you're in a sales role and you've got five people that you're pitching, how do you get through to all five people the same message, right? Um, yeah. What are some of those approaches you've taken? So it, in, in the speaking world, we, we talk a lot about pronouns. And, and instead of using I, I, I and making a story about me and kind of having them relive my story or them relive what I've been through, it's we and us and together. And so making the pronouns um, center, centered on everyone in the room so then they can kind of grasp what they need from it. Um, think about Think about like, um, you know, talking about the choice to get in the wheelchair. So instead of saying, I need, I, you know, I need to make the choice to get in my wheelchair, um, you know, you flip it and go, hey, we, we all have a wheelchair. We all have something in our life that has caused us to um, press pause or cause us to stumble or caused us to um, look at it as, a, as an obstacle. But we all get the choice to choose to respond. We all get the choice um, to move from either playing the victim card and, and looking at it and going like, well, let's play the blame game or, you know, it's not, it's not our fault. It's not, you know, and, and, or we get to ch- choose and be a victor, a uh, victor. And we, we get to choose to get in the wheelchair. We get to choose to overcome or 
find opportunity in uh, the wheelchair, whatever that is for you. And then we can, we get to move forward with that. No, that's great. And we'll, we'll kind of wrap up the episode with a thought on choice and how we, you know, choose to use sports as, for, as an impact tool, right? It can impact a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Like you were, you were saying, um, you know, whether it's the player, whether it's the community, whether it's the, uh, you know, the, the coach, the, the individual who's a fan, right. And, and developing that fandom, um, from a choice perspective, what's kind of your one, your one message that you really rely upon from a choice, uh, standpoint in that, you know, using sports or using your experiences to ultimately help other people. Yeah, I think probably the biggest thing that I would grab on that would be that, you know, if I go through this whole career and, and this, and, and, you know, we talked about USA and written across my chest of being able to play at the highest level possible within wheelchair rugby. And, and I've, and I've done it for, and it'll be, you know, going into 2021. And now that the, the Paralympics have been postponed is 13 years of, of being on the national team. And if I go through that whole thing, and just play the sport and be done with it and then leave. And, and that's it. Like, gosh, that's, that seems empty. You know, it seems, it seems like it's just, you know, or you use all that experience, whether that's as a leader, whether that's as a teammate, whether that's on the, as a rookie in my first couple of years and learning how that goes and, and, and learning from all the, the, the wins and losses and, and the practices and the goal setting and everything and use that and maybe be able to help someone, you know, find their purpose and find their passion and find um, their strength to make just a simple choice of being a victor. I think that's where those 13 years really come into play and where that sport can be used to maybe help someone um, with, with whatever they're going through in life. And I think that's probably the more important thing where it's like, you know, use this whole experience as being a Paralympic athlete to be able to help the next person. And that might be someone else that's coming up in the sport, or that could be, you know, just um, some random Joe off the street that's, that's listening to a speech of mine. Or, um, uh, but I do think, like, sports in general um, can do that for people. It's just such a common ground for people that's ingrained in our culture um, that can be used for a greater good. No, you couldn't have said it any better. And, and I just, I go back to kind of what we started with finding opportunities within the obstacle. I think it's a, it's such a, um, especially at this time, right. To, to hold on to that and try and understand it and, and deeply understand it and, and then put it into action, I think is, is key for, for a lot of people. Um, as you, you know, continue upon your journey to, to Tokyo 2021 and, and through everything from a speaking standpoint, where can people follow you, you know, follow your, your journey with, with team USA and, and the Paralympic Paralympic team. Yeah. Easiest place to follow me and uh, update it all the time is at my website, www.joedelegrave.com. Um, and then I'm all my socials are on there, but I'm on Instagram uh, quite a bit as well at jdelegrave14 um, and over on LinkedIn as well on Joe Delegrave. Awesome. Well, Joe, really appreciate the time. Uh, certainly learned something from you today, and uh, hopefully our listeners can as well. Uh, wish you the best of luck in, in this year lead up to the, the Olympics, and, and um, 
you know, certainly going to be rooting for you. Thank you so much, Jake. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.